everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, aka Kimchi on stage. You catch me dancing on a stage near you if you live in Vancouver, Canada. I am typically found on many different stages of many different strip clubs over there. Feel free to peep my Instagram if you want to find me at some point. I am also a digital content creator, so I do have an OnlyFans, and I was also a former sugar baby many, many moons ago. And now I am the host of the show. I've been doing the show for the past almost three years at this point, where I bring on different uh, adult industry guests, porn stars, we got cam girls, models, we have people from behind the scenes, production companies, we have Lots of people from many, many different walks of life in regards to the sex industry. And I do this show in order to help destigmatize the industry because, as we all know, this work is highly stigmatized. There's lots of comments and assumptions that are made up and around it. And I just want to do my little part in the world in terms of like destigmatizing that and providing some real education from people that are actually in the industry. So, Before we get started with this week's guest, I just want to do a quick little shout out here to our Patreon subscribers. So we've got um, some people in the top tier who get some nice little fan recognition shout outs on each episode. So we got Snoo Snoo all the way from Germany. We also have Jay Sunstern, who's local here to Vancouver. We also have Justin Erickson, who's based in the States, and Arup Sarkar, who I believe is also in British Columbia in Canada as well. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show. There are three different tiers you can choose from, um, as low as $4, which is a price of a coffee. So if you want to support the show, feel free to check out our Patreon. It is patreon.com slash stripped by Sia. And you could peep the video exclusive there only on Patreon. And yeah, thank you so much in advance for supporting the show. I super and truly appreciate that. But of course, all that jargon aside, I am really excited to bring on this week's guest. And a lot of you might recognize the name. I am bringing on Cindy Starfall, who is an amazing, wonderfully talented porn star, entrepreneur, model, uh, all the things really well known in the adult industry. You might recognize her face in case you are watching. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things today. So we're going to be talking about um, the difference of stigmatization and even some fetishization in regards to different cultures, so specifically her culture and also North American culture, how we view sex work, how we talk about sex work, how we treat sex workers, and what that conversation is all about. Really looking forward to getting into that. And also we're going to be speaking about entrepreneurialism because Cindy is a huge, huge entrepreneur that I also recently found out that she does many different ventures and many different gigs. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Cindy Starfall, are you there? I am here, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Sia. We're, I'm so good. I am really excited that we can get you on the show and really just kind of dig into all the topics. Also, get our audience to get to know you in case you're not familiar. But how did I do? Did I name all the things that you do? I'm sure I missed a few things. <laughs> no. Yes. You name, you name a lot of them. And I love your background as well. It's very nice to be able to talk to someone who is also in the sex workers um, industry. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. I, I, yeah, it's, it, it's really cool that, you know, you, you, you dance at the club at night and then during the day you do the podcast. It's, it's amazing. Lots of things going on like yourself. <laughs> and that is definitely yeah, and I feel like a lot of people don't understand that, you know, a lot of people just say, oh, well, sex work is not real work or not a real job, but we actually do a lot. <laughs> we do a lot. And it's so commonplace as we're going to get into the conversation today. Like, you know, so many people are sex workers. A lot of people moonlight as sex workers. Um, I juggle a lot of different things, you as well. So like, I really want to talk about that aspect and that normali- normalization of it as well. Like it's, I don't know, not as not as weird as people think. So I'm, I'm so excited to kind of get into that conversation later on. But I mean, for those who are not familiar with you and your work and your wonderful content that you make for everyone, I'd love for you to kind of go into your story in terms of like, how did you get started in sex work? Like, what is that all about? Please, please tell us. <laughs> Well, I'm originally from Vietnam, and I was born and raised there for 15 years. And I come to America on um, foreign exchange student program. Um, so after finishing with college, I was offered leadership roles in like a, a normal corporate world. And uh, I, but you know, to pay off my student loan, I have to do like moonlighting, like you said, at night. I do webcaming and just to pay off the student loan. Um, but how I got into the business is very interesting because on the same day that the HR people uh, confronted me about my webcaming business, which is, I didn't think it would even matter because I keep the, the both jobs separately. Um, and then that same night, a hustler executive happened to, to, we just happened to be at the same place, same time. It's almost like God telling me like, this is it. This is yeah. like, it, it, it was just it just like happened I didn't know who he was he told me who he was and he asked have I ever done any like adult work and I said well outside of webcam I don't know how to model you know I've never been in front of the camera before I came from Vietnam and I just never in I've never been a strippers and I love I love the, the strippers the way you guys dance and stuff <laughs> so when he asked me I was a little nervous and like, I don't know and I only been in, in front of the webcam so he said, you know what? Here's my contact information. Hit me up on Monday and we talk about Hustler Centerful. Oh my so God. So I feel like they it just like found me. Like God just get pouring to me. Like I didn't find it, but I was already over the other job because during that same morning, they told me how, you know, like webcamming is not acceptable in our business when it, it was just like solely separate. I am not Cindy when I'm at work and, you know, when I'm at work. So I just feel like they were, because it's a more normal corporate work that I feel, they make me feel ashamed because they literally print out like a, a pictures, like a webcamming pictures and they literally just like give it to me like that. Like, oh my here, God. This is it was like embarrassing because in the HR office with the other people there and she printed out a, my profile pictures, you know, the pictures you use all sexy on like webcam oh And she would print it out and she say, is this you? I said, well, I mean, it's me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I can't oh deny God. no more. No. Okay, wait, wait. Hang on. Back up, back up, back up. Because just we'll probably need a little bit of context as well because I know I, I briefly know the story, but like, 
Uh, can you tell the audience too, like what exactly happened, where you were at with this job, um, basically how you got outed, and like what happened with HR, just in case? Because like I know you you said you're webcamming for a little bit and stuff, but yeah, tell us about like the other job and like how this even like came to fruition. Well, this this job I was in a college, so before you graduate, they usually have like recruiters uh, from like different company to come into the college and. Uh, your teacher, if your teacher likes you, they um, almost like what you what you call like voted for you to be on top. So you get a job oh, yeah. when you before you even graduate. Yeah, it's like a place so, for like um, yeah. study or something like that. Yeah, for sure. So I didn't have to look for a job after you graduate, you know. So uh, this company came in. It's a big corporate company. He came in and he recruited me and he said he saw my grades. I would honestly, I'm, I'm a huge nerd. So <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, you know, a lot of people just think porn stars, dumb, this, like so many people are so smart in this industries. And I, I'm so happy to be around like you or like people, smart women out there. So anyway, after I graduated, uh, they gave me a leadership position in this company. And I worked there for about a year, two years. And one day I got a call from HR, like, hi, you know, can you come to the office? And I was like, what can this possible be? I mean, I know I do webcamming, but I mean, there's no way they would even find out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Cause it's completely separate. Like it's, there's. It's completely, yeah. girl, it's completely separate. I work nine to five and then I webcam like 9 PM. Yeah. You know, like you will have to come across me or know what I already be doing. So when I got in the HR office, they printed out, literally printed out me a paper like, hey, this is you. And I felt like, it, it just feel like a little bit like a shame. You know yeah. What I mean? like, it's, just like, well, it's like, it, yeah, that's me. But okay, yeah, I do that so that I have my own reasoning why I do it. And I feel like I need to, to explain to them like, well, yeah, I did it because I have to pay for tuition. Like, Duh. you know, a foreign, like a foreign exchange student tuition, if you don't know, America actually charges double um, on top of the actual, um, you know, if you resident, no, if you're citizenship, you can get grants and all that stuff. But is it foreign exchange student? You don't. So, yeah, so like I have foreign students for sure. Like, and even out of state students. Like, if you live in that specific state, you'll get the quote unquote the cheapest. I mean, if you have a grant or if you have a scholarship, then that's the cheapest. But you have to maintain that. But even out of state um, students will have to pay higher. And then I can't even imagine the price for foreign exchange students. That's as you mentioned, like double the price. Yeah, so it's double, and my family could have paid for my family was the one that bring me here, but I was falling out with my family because I was being such a troublemaker <laughs> with like masturbating in my room and was kind of like <laughs> just run away. It was just I just have like a rap sheet on my family, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll definitely go into those details later. <laughs> So that's why they decided to send me over to another country. Wow. Um, but I wanted to make my own money. And that's what I love porn because I wanted the freedom and I want to make my own name. I didn't want my family to pay for the tuition anymore. 
So I decided to take it on by myself because they didn't want me to go to school. They wanted to be like a nurse and marry a rich guy or whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> um, I just wanted I just wanted to make a name for myself. Um, so after to go back to the HR office, she says, "Is you?" And I say, "Yeah, it's me." You know, I gotta pay, but I don't like bring it up to, to work and stuff. And she was like, "Well, this is not acceptable." Is she didn't fire me though she didn't fire me but she made me feel ashamed and everybody knows about it that i think i would decide to quit so that i feel like that was a trick yeah that's awful oh my gosh that's so fucked up like so people in your office knew about what had happened or it was like a rumor kind of spread like obviously yeah. Yeah, and you know how it feels like you know in a normal like i'm talking about like corporate like very conservative like can make sexual kind of stuff and also like you know this car is also webcamming and this is like you know years ago so the the sex the concept of sex worker is just very taboo like oh my gosh she's a slut so i will have people like texting me like oh you know what she's a slut she's this she's this uh and oh we can we can eat her cookies that she baked because what they put, we get stds and all that what stuff the hell? It's like, what oh like, my god grow up there yeah like there are some people out there that are so close-minded very and i'm just like i pray to god to you i'm not here to change your opinion i just feel like i'm just at the point when if you're not okay with what i do well then that's your problem you know yeah totally that's not on you that's on them like they i'm so tired of like trying to gate keep other people's feelings and it, it's yeah. really exhausting you know it is, and it's like it stress you out. When I was in my twenties, yeah, of course I care about everybody's feeling. But now I'm in my thirties, girl. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I just like, <laughs> you know what? Like, we don't like what I do. This is what I do. I'm a porn star, and I also do other things. If you just like prefer to just sit at home watch a bunch of Netflix about like porn documentary and things is real or whatever, then that's on you. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I, I'm just tired of explaining myself to people. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like we don't have the emotional capacity for that. And it's just really like if if you really want to like lay it out there, at least try to have an actual conversation with us and empathize with what we do and try to understand what we do instead of making yeah. assumptions, right? But they don't. They don't try to understand it. It's like I have like a hard struggle with my family. You know, my mom's constantly asking me, well, did you do it? Like, did someone force you to do it? Because people always think going to sex work is somebody's forcing you or almost like sex trafficking. And I told her, no, I did it by myself. I, <laughs> I, I show up on set. I did my consent form. I did it all myself. Nobody forced me. Nobody... But I want to tell her, look, I like sex and I just, I can make money out of it. I can know, I know how to capitalize on this business. So you just need to let me be and trust me. Because I told myself that, you know, I'm not going to lose myself. I'm over this industry because it is an entertaining business. So it you is. have to have thick skin. You know, you. I'm sure you do with a lot of assholes out there like, telling you to do things that you don't want to do at the club or something, you know. But it's up to you to just like, you know what, fuck up, like this is me and I feel like that's what I told her but you know I think in um what's it called in Vietnamese culture sex work is still like dirty money 
Yeah, yeah. Definitely still seen as that. It's like very like old school. Like I don't I know you you um you came to America at 15 you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I like how what is how is sexuality viewed in Vietnamese culture and like even like from from back then when you were still living there. Is it something that's talked about at all? Is it still really taboo or like give us the landscape and lowdown of like what is what it was like growing up? It's funny because Vietnamese people, we're a very sexual individuals, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> I know so many, like, like haircut or salon that does the things that they do. And it's, but it's more like secretive. You don't, we don't have like strip clubs like out there. Oh, his sex is more like something like hush hush, but you know, where's this go? And this salon and this karaoke bar that you can get girls and hang out with you and stuff like that. So we have that side of us in this business, but it's still, people still look at it as very bad and dirty when. For me, like it's shady. more like, well, sex is sex. It's, yeah, sex is sex. The girl's got to do what she got to do. If I feel like if two adults consent to it, it's not bad because it's still a job. Yeah, it's still a job and there's definitely nothing wrong with it. Like I just feel like – and this is – I also had someone on, um, Dominatrix Amber from Singapore. Um, and of course, when we, when we talk about – how sex work is viewed in Asian culture, it, it's very different than North American culture. Like very, as you mentioned, like hush, hush. And and different contexts and different ways that it is portrayed. Like, for example, um, I visited Cambodia a few years ago. Well, I guess more than a few years ago now. I just don't take these COVID years <laughs> into consideration. But I, I, was, I was there with my, one of my best, my best friends and we were in Siem Reap and – uh, we had met someone, I think it was like one of our drivers, and he's like, oh, we should go out tonight and blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, we should go out tonight. It's fun. Like, we should go for karaoke. And I did not know the context of what karaoke meant because I'm Filipino and we love to yeah. sing. So I'm like, karaoke, hell yes. Like, I love this. I will out sing anyone. This is like going to be so much fun. And then we go there and then they start ordering drinks, which is fine. They start ordering food, which is fine. Still the same like North American culture. But then I remember walking in through the karaoke bar and the entrance was like lined up with girls. And I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. And then later they just kept feeding us alcohol. The owner of the bar kept coming in and was like, oh, you should go home with that person. I'm like, go home. I'm like, I'm here on vacation and I'm not going home with anyone. And they kept trying to like push us to go home with these men and try to get us really drunk to go home with these men. And then, of course, as we were leaving, we can see that some of the girls were going into the other rooms with other gentlemen and we're just like oh this is definitely very different Different. (laughs) yeah and see i'm telling you like it and that's considered normal in vietnam but no one talked about it even though there's a lot of girls that do that we there's another thing called we call coffee shop vietnamese coffee shops when um, think of Hooter, but like more like crazy. Like the girls would serve you coffee in lingerie and they would sit there and you would tip them. You can take them home or you can gamble. Just more like a companion, like they yeah. kind of like companion. what you experience in a karaoke. Right. Yeah. 
And I feel like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And you would think it's acceptable, but in people's mind, they're not open-minded enough to accept that, you know, so-and-so work there at karaoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I know. I don't know if you've ever been back home, but do you think those attitudes have changed or shifted in Vietnamese culture? Is it still kind of the same? No. You know why? Because my dad also owned one of the karaoke bars. Oh, Oh really? So, wow. Yes. So she's he's like a businessman and he owns one of it. And look, he doesn't like sex when he grew up buying down this, this he doesn't like it. But even though it's very hypocrite, like, you know, it's almost like people who watch porn and say that porn is bad. Yes. Or I would never marry a porn star because she she's a porn star, but I watch porn. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. It's very hypocritical. Um, so yeah, oh my gosh, this is nuts. I mean, continue. Sorry, <laughs> I mean, to- so as a as a daughter back then, I will always remember he would have girls like you know he would call girls in with this crying. He would call him in, uh, them in, and they would just show up like they live nearby, and they would just show up and kind of like go into the karaoke uh, rooms, like you said it was. And the whole point is, yes, yeah, get the person really drunk so that they can take them home, and you know he gets permission of it, and it's just like everybody knows about this business, and that's why it's so funny that is you know, sex toy, you cannot have sex toy going into Vietnam, you cannot talk about sex, we can't talk about strip clubs or even hookers and things, but it's going back there. So it's it's a little bit like I love my cultures a lot. But when it comes to sex, it's not something they uh, they want to talk about. And to them, they're always very like, oh, my God, no, you know, she got to be a nurse, she got to be a doctor, yes. all this stuff. Oh my, I can completely relate. <laughs> like, my mom was a nurse and like, you know, my dad, and my, you know, just, I hate to generalize, but like Asian parents, they want you to be these really, they want you to be successful, but they only see it in one kind of light. <laughs> Lawyer, yeah, I doctor. Get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it because it's like stability, you know, but Look, I have a lot of nursing student friends that never graduate because it's like so long. Yeah. <laughs> or if they graduate, they literally in depth. So they just want to get married. So they never use the degree. And they're not just ha- they're not having fun. I think to me, life is about doing what you love and also have fun with it. Get a freedom, you know, freedom to, to do whatever you want, to travel. or And that's what something I didn't, I didn't have back then when I was when I used to live in Vietnam. My dad was very strict, so I just wanted to have my my own freedom and not having this. You know, my Asian family keep telling me what to do. Like this, I, I didn't, I didn't have a chance to make my own decision. Like every day, it was like you do this, you do that. It's it's, it's exhausting for me. I didn't want to live that life again. So I. So in order to do that, I have to be successful in what I do. And I feel like, you know, with porn, I love I love sex. I love being in front of the camera. I get turned on when people watch me. So I'm like, you know what? I will make a business out of this. And I'll see what's going to happen. And because I have nowhere to return to, 
I have to make this successful. <laughs> oh, definitely. So you almost have like an extra drive or motivation to like, I really have to make this work because I can't go by yeah. home, right? Yes, because how am I going to show my face back then and say, oh, that I fail. I need to like, you know, of what you say. So it's more... I need to be successful. I need to show him that I can make this my own business. And there are other people, there are other sex workers out there that is smart and pretty and not like, you know, like druggies or like a lot of people think that we are. Yeah, they think that we're dumb. They think that we're high in drugs all the time, um, you know, substance abuse and whatnot. I, and it's really uh, incorrect. <laughs> Say. Yeah, and it's 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 almost sometimes I get mad, like yeah, because I could be hot. I I could have a hot head. I, I could be very hot headed when people like attack the industry, like or attack like sex worker. I have met so many like pretty strippers when I'm on tour, and you guys is just beautiful and nice, just like you. And when people say, "Well, no, I, I can't do that because you know they got STD, or I can't talk to her, or you know they always use drugs, did they have daddy issues, did oh, they have dad yeah. abused them, that's why they got into porn." It's like okay, like these kind of stuff that happen in a mainstream acting yeah. Hollywood as well. There's people go to rehab, drugs addiction. How come no one's talk about that? But as soon as a porn star like die from like a drug addiction it's all over the news like, oh, my oh God, yeah I'm at a porn star and yeah it's just like it's happened in every industry not everyone's the same yeah they just focus on like buzzwords and I feel like anytime someone is in the adult industry it's like so much focus only goes on that despite their other their other achievements um that's like the only thing that sticks in that conversation or in that headline so it's frustrating yeah it's crazy because I could just do interview one time for this um this college newspapers and I did it and I talk about like this kind of stuff I just talk about you know some people just don't not aware that not all of us are druggies and of course when they printed out the cover story they put Cindy Starfall career and drugs what is like I said that I use drugs. I said like, I didn't do that. Like you guys twisting my words. Yeah. Oh that, my god. And you just make so it make it so people will buy the newspaper by saying porn, drugs, and addiction. Yeah. yeah it's it's buzzwordy. It's like very like clickbaity as well. But that's so frustrating. And I assure you, none of that stuff will happen on this show. <laughs> So don't worry about being misquoted or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. When I printed out, I was so mad. I told my publicist, I, I didn't talk about anything like that. I talk about like, you know, like this happened with any other industry that is not the porn industry. And when people say, well, yeah, it just happened more in the porn industry. I say, well, how did you know that? And these are the people who is not a sex worker, like the outsider are like you know like it happens it's like just because you hear about them doesn't mean it happens every time no i met so many smart women in this business yeah definitely um yeah i hate that it's it's still so frustrating and so like annoying um so i love doing all these type of interview because i want to show the world you know like broadcast to the world that not all of us is the same and hopefully we can't change the opinion of everybody, but hopefully they would rethink their opinion. 
Absolutely. Um, I definitely want to keep going on that note for sure. I did want to touch on something that you said too in terms of like success and and almost like pressure, um, at least – I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Pressure from like Asian parents to become uh, successful and what that success is. And like I just wanted to make a comment that like I just feel like Growing up in an Asian household, there is an immense amount of pressure to become successful. And it's like how do you how do you feel about that <laughs> growing up and like looking back on the choices that you've made and how far you've come in your career? I just I would love to hear your just comments on that. I'm happy with the choice that I made because I did it to myself. If I make a mistake, I know it was my own decisions that made the mistake. And of course, you know, going college, I went to a fashion school or studying business is completely opposite from what my mom wanted to be a lawyer or going to become an RN nurse. Yes. It's like, can you be, can you be, imagine me as a nurse? Like I, I, I can't, <laughs> well, I can't because I would forget all your pills. And <laughs> <laughs> I would Sorry. just bullshit my way through the day and I would just forget everything and it just like but they didn't care that that's not who you are they just think well you know like everybody become a nurse why can't you become a nurse because everyone else is doing and uh, there's not very much of a individual individuality in the in the Asian community mm -hmm. and you want to do it because you want to make your parents happy so a lot of people go into nursing or lawyer just because you know it's a status like in the Asian family and you know how it is with the Asian culture it's always about like the status this like oh what people think about my kid yeah oh, so my mom could be like oh you know at the nail salon like oh you know my my daughter is so and so I'm sure she doesn't want to say my daughter is a porn star but <laughs> 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 she doesn't want to say all that you know she, yeah. she'd rather say oh my daughter is a nurse my daughter married this this guy and it just like I didn't I didn't see my life like that. I didn't want, they set me up for an arranged marriage at 18. And I didn't want to be married at 18. Like, I'm just, I want to live my life. And so I feel like the porn decision was what I needed back then because it's more like a, a bold statement to them that I didn't give a fuck about what they think anymore. Um, I was living like 15, 20 years of being told what to do. And I was miserable. I was miserable every day because that you couldn't make any of your own decisions. Everything was decided for you. It's, you have no size in it. You just like this individual that don't exist and everything was just like, you know, make a decision. You should talk to this guy. You should go marry this guy. Why didn't you, why didn't you, you know, like talk to him? How come you didn't talk to him? I remember like they trying to set me up with this guy and he was buying me jewelry and stuff. But I didn't talk to him because I just didn't feel like talking to him, you know? But my parent was very like, oh, fashion, everything is a business proposal. So because he was a son of so-and-so and it's just a better business, like, decision together if we got married um so like I didn't want my life to be decided for me when I was 18 so joining porn was more like a fuck you yeah <laughs> I love that it's, it's, <laughs> I, I it's like you with that <laughs> 
and when they find out they say they were crying i remember my mom was crying oh because she sent me a picture so like i open i opened my phone i was like oh it was oh, like bang bang pictures of me it was just like like all the dick like an oh. arm <laughs> Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait. Okay, how did your parents even find out? Like, oh my! God. I don't, I don't know. Somebody, my cousin, or something, who sent it. I don't know. Somebody in my family must have found it. But it was a picture, and oh fuck! It was not even a hardcore, like softcore picture, it was like hardcore with like like Ajax around my face. Oh my god! I'm sorry that's like really funny but like also horrifying too i'm sure it is because like yeah my mom sent me the text she didn't say anything she just sent me a picture of the gangbang scene. oh my god did you reply did you have you guys talked like oh my goodness i put haha <laughs> you were a master troll oh. I didn't know what to say. Yeah. I mean, what am I gonna say? I'm sorry because I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry for what I did. I just say, ha, like I make a joke out of it because she always had problem with me never take things seriously. You know, mm -hmm. like I would joke about everything and like about serious stuff. I don't take things seriously. So, I. And then she called me. She was crying. She's like, "You're so smart. You can do so many other things. Why did you have to do this? Like, it's not for smart people. Did you, were you forced to do it?" And uh, I said, like, no, "I wasn't forced to do it." I was like, "I said, yeah, I know. I'm smart, so I'm gonna show you, like, you know, like how I can make this a business." Yeah, because it is a business. It literally, it's a business. Your brand it is, is a business. business. Yeah, I'm so busy. Like. Compared to when I work a nine to five job, I clock out at five o'clock. Now I work twenty four seven. So yeah, yeah, and people don't see that sometimes. They don't view it that way. And like, um, I mean, let's just talk about like how little nine to five jobs can can pay. Because I've also been there as well. And I now I just completely refuse an office or corporate job because I'm just like I'm not sleeping for eight hours a day to be getting paid like sixty k a year. Like there's yeah and. You know, and you gotta ask for two week notice. You gotta ask for permission. permission. It's like I want to make your own my own shit. Like I'm not here to ask for permissions. And yeah, you know I do work twenty four seven, but it, I loved it because it's what I want to do. So I feel like you know I'm working for myself, and you're just more happy because people see because people just like well how hard is the work it is you just show up on set and open your legs like i think somebody said that to me then that's why they didn't count like sex work is a uh, work it is definitely like, yeah, actually you know for the 30 minutes on Pornhub that you saw it's actually takes six to eight hours on set to just shoot that amount of 30 minutes of footage right right and i feel like a lot of people when i tell them that they was they kind of like well six to eight hours i'm like yeah that's just a normal gonzo scene like because you gotta you know like make up photos interviews and and all that stuff going into it so yes it is work because i do work eight hours and then after that you have your own platforms like only fans and i have my own only fans you gotta edit video you gotta shoot content for that so yeah, I do work with around the clock, but I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. No, no, they definitely don't. Again, people just have people just see um, 
what <laughs> again like what they see in Pornhub or whatever that's already like the finished product I'm like listen there's so much stuff behind the scenes and and even with platforms like fan sites and subscription sites like you mentioned like OnlyFans um with that coming to the picture now that's like a 24 7 job <laughs> yeah know, and I love that I love that there are platforms for us out there that so that you know we can all make money because before it's only you know the porn star make money money but now the web cameras strippers cosplayers we can all make money I want I'm all about woman empowerment I want you to do what you like to do and just like not needing a man just I mean, have a sugar daddy and have they pay, but <laughs> you do not need it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I highly recommend I having it. a sugar daddy. <laughs> I call it, make sure OPM, other people money. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you know, I just feel like, you know, um, Sex work can be really empowering. It, it's not for some, sure, because it, it is job. It is work. But, you know, for a lot of us, including myself, and I'll, I'll speak personally on this, it is really empowering because, as you mentioned, and all the things you had mentioned earlier too, just having that freedom, being your own boss, uh, being an entrepreneur and really like honing this as your baby, like this is your business – I think it's so, so empowering and also just so great that you can just do something for yourself and not be um, like stuck and shackled within the walls of like a corporate job. I'm not saying anything wrong with a corporate job for anyone listening out there. I know a lot of people that moonlight and do sex work at nighttime or in their off times and do like corporate nine to five during the day. That's totally fine. Whatever works for you. But I believe in freedom. (laughs) And, you know, I love this job, but, you know, uh, there, there, I also come encounter with a lot of girls that want to get into business because they think, you know, OnlyFans or porn just make quick money like this. It is true. The money does come quick, but you also have to work for it. So it's all come down to the work ethic. You can't just be lazy and not shoot content or not posting content or not show up on set and think the money would just appear. It don't work like that. It's still a real job. Is so I feel like a lot of girls just misunderstanding this part. Like, well, you know, it's sex work. I could just be looking pretty. So I'm like, yes, pretty helps. Mm. <laughs> but you still gotta show up. You still gotta have that camera present. Yeah, I say you cannot teach um stage present. You know, no, no, and like pretty. Being pretty, being pretty and like hot and good looking, that stuff can only get you so far, but you've got to have like a good work ethic. You have to be able to take work seriously. Like for example, when I'm dancing at the club, I actually don't drink at the club when I'm working because yeah. I don't know. It's For me, Ooh. some people do and that's fine. But like for me, I dance sober and it's because like I just want to make sure that I am 100% on my game, making that money and getting that bag. And sometimes alcohol can hinder that for myself personally so yeah me too so when I do like my feature tour dance Mm -hmm. because I get uh get booked for like feature stage show and I love that I I never (laughs) been a stripper so I can't dance but I love being there in the room with my music on and I just dance so sometimes (laughs) I just dance like I'm in my room sometimes I sing to the song and you know what people my fans will come and they loved it because I'm enjoying myself like Mm -hmm. yes I'm not the best dancer I don't do pole dance 
dancing and I love when girls do pole dance. But <laughs> I, I think the fans just want to see you have fun, not being there like, oh my God, like I don't want to be here. And I never drink. So a lot of um, the club owners, I do need like vodka or something like, no, I don't drink. I just, just me sober, just water. I'm high on life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <me too. laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm such a light drinker so I'm so small so like only like probably two glasses of wine and I'm, I'm done and I feel like buzzed, so. but when I do come to Vancouver I definitely want to see you dance yes absolutely <laughs> and make it rain on you <laughs> I would love that <laughs> I love that I love strip club I love going to strip clubs and I just like making it rain on like the girls and stuff like that it's, it's so much fun I love being a stripper and I love dancing and just putting on that show for people and just connecting with the audience and just it's, it's just so much fun for me it just feels like dress up every day <laughs> yeah and it's also you know connecting like you said and that's I feel like that's the main part whether you're a stripper an OnlyFans model or even a porn star we have to find a connection with our fans um because without that connection it's it's like you're like the virtual girlfriend without a connection these men just not willingly to spend money you know on you or support you because there's no connections right and that's so important because like again even going back to that that being hot statement and people thinking the work is easy like that can only really get you so far and even like applies to stage shows as well and just being on stage as a stripper like people just think one, I can just dance around the pole and look hot. Sure, that could only go so far, but like you want to be able to like connect with people in your on your rail and stuff and just make jokes and then kind of be silly and stuff too. And, and people want to see you having fun, you know? You could just tell when a girl is not having fun because she would just show up and there's no vibe. You know, she looks really hot. She has a nice body, but no one's tipping, but because she's not connecting with them, it's just like, well, I'm hot, so you should just, spend money with but there's girls on there who is not as hot but she's playing around with the audience and making eye contacts and stuff so I, I could tell the difference whenever I do like strip club tours yeah you can tell right away right yeah mm -hmm. I mean well speaking of other ventures and stuff I know that you do other things as well which I mean, a lot of us I do. do. Yeah, I would love to hear more about like your other business ventures because you are a – yeah, I hate the word girl boss, but you do a lot of shit, so – and you just <laughs> own it. <laughs> I do. You know what? Because as much as I love the sex business, it's not sustainable, you know? Um, this, we kind of, we all going to get older and the guy's just going to go for the younger girls, so it's not sustainable. So I tell people – go into this business, make as much money as you can, but use that business, use that money that you make to invest yes. in something else. Use it to invest in other stuff. So that's what I do. I invest in my other company, which is the mainstream companies. Um, and, you know, outside of stock and stuff like that. I also do real estate and I just, just use the money you make to make more money later on so you can secure the futures after you're done with what you do because you probably don't want to right now you can but you, you probably don't want to be naked like when you're in your 40s or your 50s so i just have to think ahead of time for your retirement yeah and that's why i i build now so that later on i could just be on the beach sleep 
oh, sipping on mimosa, <laughs> but you have to build now. Like yeah. it can't be built like when you're ready. It has to start building now into like later on when it can supplement your sex work money. So by that time, you don't want to do it anymore, then it's okay. Yeah, I think for me, I like options. I want to be able to have options that if I don't want to do this anymore, I love being you know this sex work jobs and I love that. But sometimes it's just not. Like your body age, it just doesn't as much as we want. Don't want to accept it. You will look older. Your body age. You might are not as energetic to be on set as you were before. You start getting sore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You so there's injuries that happen. Like your body yeah. isn't like you, twenty you anymore. Can crawl around stage as you get older. You know. So I say. I love the business, but I have to be realistic because the business, the sex business, is not sustainable. So mm -hmm. we all have to figure out what other things that you do. Mm -hmm. I always tell my girlfriends, I see potential in every woman because if you can make it in this business, you can make it in any other business. Oh, what else yeah. do you want to do? Like what other hobbies you like to do and work on that? Yeah, and make so that into your business. Totally, and that's so important too. Because, like, as you mentioned earlier in the in the episode, like, money come can come fast, right? And it can be spent really fast. And <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there, you know, like wanting to buy that purse or whatever. Like going out to like going going treating all your friends and all that stuff. That's yeah. fine, but like it doesn't that's work forever, fine, you know. Make your money, live your life. Obviously, you you work hard for that money, so of course you know, like live your life. But then also think about like investing on the the other side as well. And I don't usually talk about my business on the side outside of like the sex work because I feel like most men don't really want to know about that. Like it's so nerdy. Like, I love it. I like to hear about it. <laughs> talk about like my typical days is looking at data and numbers. And just, <laughs> Like not sexy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of other people that listen to the show too. Like a lot of, well, a lot of your fans, I'm sure, are gonna be listening to the show. But a lot of um, fellow sex workers and a lot of like vanilla people listen to the show as well. So I'm sure that they'd be interested in hearing that too, and and also just to hear the diversity um, that comes with sex work and the doors that it can open for people as well because you mentioned like seeing potential in so many of your colleagues that you work with I also see so much potential in like lots of people as well and like I I also understand that sex work is not going to be an option for me forever and at some point I'm going to I'm going to be leaving the industry so I'm also like investing in my future as well like I have like two houses I rent one out like I have yeah. a tenant and make money that yeah, way. exactly it's it's exactly hard. I love that that's what I do too so I love that you have to think doesn't matter how much you love living in the moment and I do but you have to think 10 years from now what are you gonna do are you still gonna be doing what are you doing right now are you still shooting only fans like you know, like I don't want to just be stuck with one income. I told the girls like diversify. So just very what else can bring in the income for you besides the sex business? Because let's say, let's say hopefully it won't happen, but let's say OnlyFans go out of business. Yeah. And they almost did for a lot of us last year, like with <laughs> with the term. Yeah, with the with the adult stuff, right? Like what will happen? Every people freaked out like I remember when that happened I went on social media everybody's freaked out because that's the only income they have 
So we need to change that. And I tell all my girlfriends, like, we need to change that. What else would you do? Do you like sewing? Okay, do something. Do you like, like doing eyelashes? And I do open a studio. Like, do you like to cook? This so, like, as much as we love being sexual, this, we are also good at other things. And for me, it's, for me, it's more like um, a business, creating business for me. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at data. I'm good at analyzing stuff. I'm not good with like sewing or anything like that. No, me either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good at numbers. I'm good at looking at trends, but, you know, analyzing and stuff like that. So that's what I'm good at. So you have to, I, I tell them to use the sex work money as more of a ladder. To so that you have that money to fund it into the next adventures. Totally. Or what you want to do 40, 50 years later. Yeah, that's so important because it's really, I feel sometimes, and this this is not only for, for people that are in sex work. I see this for other people in other industries in the vanilla world as well, but like they're really putting all of their eggs in one basket and just relying on that. And I just feel like that's so dangerous and and especially in the world that we live in today like i find it so hard for for people to survive on just one job or one income like i am always like okay i need as much residual income as i can <laughs> i need different streams of income coming in to live comfortably and also just so i don't have to work as hard at like one job or one job, right like and i think like what what are your thoughts about that <laughs> yeah so the point is not work as hard the point is to bring in as much money without you know actually be on the job so you have to create a business that could be automated so that when you take yourself out of the equation we take stephanie out of your equation will your business survive now let's say for your real estate business if you take you out you go on vacation they still pay you rent mm -hmm. exactly so then that's what i want to do and and that's what I, I do off camera. So a lot of people just, oh, okay, well, she's Cindy, she go on set. But outside of that, I work on other things so that I can ensure my futures when I don't want to be Cindy anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think people need to think about that at some point because, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people – there's like a lot of older sex workers and that's totally fine. You do what you do. But at the same time, like what happens if you have an injury or something happens or a medical yeah. or whatever, like anything, out. anything involved you, like your whole body, body. Like you need to it. there's something always can happen. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you have to find some other way that doesn't need your, your body just to actually physically be there. Just, uh, the point is work smarter, not harder. Yeah. I was just going to say that. It's like a different <laughs> motto. It's so true, though. It's so true. And it's not lazy because you just – because as much as I like to think, and a lot of girls don't realize, that, well, you know, I'm hot right now. Like, I'm really hot. Everyone loves me. And I – because one of my other business is uh, marketing, like, helping girls behind the scenes. Oh, cool. And I, and I just think, well, you know – you are hot right now, and but that's right now. You know how turn how much turnover the sex business does. Oh yeah. You know every verse is literally a new eighteen years old, nineteen years old girls, and how do we compete with that? Right. Because 
as much as you love it, the fan will always want to get a new girls because new girls just make money. Yeah. Porn production company love new girls because yes. they haven't shot them before. Right. You know, so you are hot right now, but tomorrow there's another Cindy gonna come into the business. Totally. I mean, and it's just the way the world works. Yeah. I mean, especially in the industry too. Like, I mean, I would love to kind of go further on that tangent really quickly as well. But like, did you ever feel threatened with like new talent coming in or like how do you view your own longevity and like your career pathway? I, I would really love to hear about that. Um, you know, I had a good conversation with my friends the other day and she's worked more back back uh, behind the scenes for the production and she say a normal porn girl and you would be shocked or maybe not, but a normal porn girl's career lasts nine months. Mm-hmm. So if you can make it past nine months in the business, you basically made it. So I've been in the business for about 10 years now. Yeah. And that's amazing. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. I feel like I I missed the nine months mark. And I told her, (laughs) wow, nine months. And she said, yeah, because a lot of girls started in the business without realizing what sex work really involved and they just couldn't handle it or when they get a lot of money right away and they just blow it and and a lot of porn or not professional, a lot of porn company don't shoot them anymore. And it's just a variety of things of how you can make a career out of this. Now for me, people loved me because when I came in 10 years ago, I still look the same as I am now 10 years later. Asian jeans. I don't have any tattoos. Yeah, thank God, right? Okay, I think my parents were Yeah, I think mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. So I still look the same. I still, because if you have to think, a lot of people don't think in terms of branding. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah. see, oh, I come into the sex business, but they don't see you are the product. Steph, you are the product. The reason customer come to you because you are who you are. You friendly, you're fun. There's no other stuff out there. And that's why Cindy is the brand. And when it comes to the brand, and a lot of girls, when they start changing up, like getting a lot of plastic surgery, and I, I'm okay with it. I'm not against it. I'm not against with anything like that or get tattoo. You you changing the brand and what make your customer like you in the beginning. Yes. They loved me because I just look like a nerd. I look like the girl next door to <laughs> You know, like I don't yeah. have any tattoo. You could introduce me to your mom. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I stay the same. So I remember when I first got in, um, people in the porn business was like, you need to you need to get big boob, you need to, you know, do this and this. And I say, why? Why do I need to get big boob? And she say, well, everybody does it. Every porn star have big boob. Like, you're right, but why do I want to look like them? So if you ask me if I compare myself to the new girls, I'm like, I love that when they become successful, but I don't compare myself to them because we're in a different path. Mm-hmm. People love you for who I am and people will love you for who you are. So I feel like we're, I'm not trying to compete with them. I'm not yeah. competing with myself. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I stay the same and I just say, yeah, I, I ditched that manager. I say, no, I'm not going to get a boob job. Yeah. People will like me for, for my natural boob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not good, but there are some men that, that I love natural things 
you know, they we don't all have to look like all Botoxed out with our lips like yeah. like this. Like we don't <laughs> need to. No. Every girl who wants to do that, great for them, and that's what they want to do. But that's not who I want to be. And so, in a way, with branding, you have to differentiate yourself from the rest of your competitors. And and I think my fans stick with me because I haven't changed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as you mentioned, because this is you. This there, you're, you you've stayed true to your branding and your identity that's out there. I think that's super cool. One quick last thing as well. I mean, like coming into the industry a decade ago, um, were there a lot of Asian porn stars to look up to? Like um, Harley, I think right. I think when I got in, Asa Akira was there. Yes. So she well, was. Asa. I remember Asa Akira and London Keys and Kilani Lai, Shemaine Star were like the few big ones. Um, I looked up to them because I was like, "Wow, they're so beautiful," you know, and I'm able to talk to them. And but there weren't a lot, and in a way, it helps us being Asian because there's not many of us in there, so we consider like the exotic. And yeah. I love playing. All that stereotype, you know. <laughs> I feel ironic. a lot of people think like, "Well, do you think being Asian, um, you know, doesn't help you with the business?" I think being Asian is great in the business because a lot of men have Asian fetish. They do have a lot of Asian fetishes for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, my accent kind of don't get me a lot of roles because of my accent, and I was very the kid about it in the beginning oh like you know my manager was telling me to go take um speech class and everything what? but oh my gosh yeah but i couldn't change it no, right no so it come to the point like after a year in the business i realized that people actually loved me for my accent like that's actually like on my only fans they will ask all the time for my voice clip because of my accent so i just like I like that. So I love that my fans love me for who I am and I didn't have to change it. I love that. Oh, that makes me so happy because like, I mean, just of course now we're seeing a surge of more Asian representation, uh, not just in porn, but just like in in, like widespread media, which has been so nice. And like with like the AAPI, like Stop Asian Hate and all that stuff, I think that's really like helping us leverage up which is amazing. And I, I was, I'm just, I was so happy that you were able to say yes to this interview. Cause I was like, Oh my God, this is so great. Like <laughs> I like try to diversify my audience as much as I can, but like just to have like a big star like you on the show has just been so amazing. And I love seeing a sister like me <laughs> on the Thank show. You. I love it. I love talking to people like you who also, you know, can relate to my story as well. Yeah, definitely. But I know we have a few minutes left here, so I, I just want to share a couple things from the fans. I mean, honestly, a lot of the stuff that came in was just like, oh, my God, you got Cindy on the show. I mean, I like, love her. Those were most of the comments that came in. Thank you so much for loving me and supporting me. Thank you. And like, yeah, shout out to everyone. Uh, Shout out to everyone that sent a few messages in. Um, There was quite one question that came in as well um, from Instagram. And this person writes in, is there something you find uniquely positive about Vietnamese culture regarding sexuality or sex work? Uh, We are very sexual individuals. It doesn't matter we show it or not. I consider Vietnamese cultures is like uh, 
what's that phrase American use? Like a lady on the street, but a freak, a freak in the, the sheets. Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we, we know how to make like a man happy, but more than that, we have a really good work ethic coming from an Asian culture. We know how it works like we got to put into work. You know, we're not entitled to take whatever, but we know that whatever we want, we have to work for it. So I do love that I did grow up over there. So I know that, you know, whatever I need to do, whatever. If I want to survive in this business, I need to have a good work ethic and be professional about it. Um, it's not just because it's sex work that you could just show up whenever you want. Um, so I do love that about my culture. But yes, I do like being outside. Whenever I'm outside, you don't know who I am. You just think I'm just like a little girl. There's a lot of it's just sometime when I was eating pho and then like it's two girl, two cute Asian girl waitress would come to me and she's like, oh my God, I'm so huge fans. I love all, you know, like gangbang hardcore. And I said, whoa, you watch that. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm just like so surprised because we all look very, you know, cute and innocent, innocent. outside. But in the back, like we just love the most extreme shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love the contrast. <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. Real, real spicy. We could be really spicy for sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, we definitely have a Vietnamese tempers as well. So. Oh yes, I, I was just—I don't want to stereotype, but yes, like my, my Vietnamese girlfriends, you don't want to fuck with them. <laughs> They're fucking scary. <laughs> We can go from like zero to a hundred. There's like no between, no in between. It's zero to a hundred. I love that. I mean, on that note, Cindy, this is such a fantastic conversation and thank you so much for your time. But before I let you go, where can our audience find you? You can find me on Twitter at Cindy Starfall or on Instagram at C Starfall. Make sure to join my OnlyFans, Club Starfall, so that, you know, you can get in touch with me and we can talk every day. <laughs> That's super great. All those links are in the show notes below. So be, be sure to peep that if you haven't already. For everyone else listening, it's Stripped by Sia on Twitter, Stripped by Sia on Instagram, also on Patreon, Stripped by Sia. And if you want to get at me on my personal, it's Sia Steph. And I also have an OnlyFans. Feel free to subscribe. And that is it for this week's episode. Um, it's new episodes every single Sunday and on every listening platform, every podcast platform. So if you are on Apple listening, be sure to write us a nice little review saying you, you enjoyed the episode or give me any feedback, whether it's good or bad. And write five stars on Spotify if you so choose because that helps a lot of people find the show. But for everyone else, um, that's it for today. Cindy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really had so much fun chatting with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, great questions. Thank you. And uh, that's bye for now for everyone else. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia. Hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia. Music by Ted D. Graphic design by Maria Bellantarama and photography by Ian Dabrin.